bless God for first Sunday in 2021. I was surprised that we just started 2021. We are on the third day already. It's like there's a machine pushing the days. The next thing you see, we are at the end of the month. First month gone. So, on Thursday, I could not finish what I was teaching. So, I want to continue today. What do I do with the new year? Is what I spoke about on Thursday. What do I do with the new year? I'll do a little recap and then continue from where I stopped. I agree with my pastor that the gospel is God's solution for this world. The gospel of Christ is God's solution for this world. If there is any solution, it's the gospel. The answer to anyone's problem, whether you are rich or poor, is the gospel of Christ. Is a fact. The gospel of Christ. Trust me. Even sustains you in trouble. Hmm. If if there is time. I will say some things that are. Inevitable. In life. And that will happen in this year. There are some things. Whether you like it or not, it will come. You know that? There are some things your prayer can't stop. Like tomorrow. (laughs) Can you pray to stop tomorrow? In the name of Jesus, I stop tomorrow from coming. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of prayer. There are some things you can't stop. It's true. You can't stop 4th January. It's coming. 7th January. It's coming. Interestingly, you get to know that you can't even stop temptation. We'll talk about it. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. We are talking about what to do with the new year. Ephesians 5, 15. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. Mm-hmm. We start with 15, then we go to 17. Eh? See then that ye walk circumspectly. He says, see then that ye walk circumspectly. Not as fools. He says, not as fools, but as wise. But as wise. Redeem Why? the time. You have to redeem the time. Because the days are because evil. Because the days are evil. Redeem the time because the days are evil. We said the word circumspectly is the Greek word akribos. Acribos. And the word acribos is often used for investigating carefully. Investigating carefully. 
So you read the scripture again. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15. Mm-hmm. See then that ye walk circumspectly. Okay. So <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me put this one in there. The word walk also means to conduct. So you put instead of circumspectly, use carefully and then use conduct. And let's see how to read. See then that you conduct yourself carefully. Not as fools. Not as fools. But as wise. But conduct yourself as wise. Redeeming the time. See then that you conduct yourself carefully. Don't conduct yourself like a fool. And the reason you should not conduct yourself as a fool is that why? He says you need redeeming the time. So if I am not redeeming the time, I am being foolish. If I am not redeeming the time, I am being foolish. Because the days are evil. I forget that the days are evil. So one key thing I said on Thursday was the fact that, you can write, that a child of God must be careful. A child of God must be careful. A child of God must be careful. A child of God cannot afford to be lousy. You can't be a child of God and you behave anyhow. Something that when you talk about the grace of God, it means you should, you are, you can do anything you like. That's not true. There is a way you conduct yourself as a child of God. When you say you are a child of the, of, okay. If, uh, even in our secular system, we live in a world, when you say this is the Nana so so and so's child, or this is the president's child, there is a perception immediately created. There is an expectation. The moment you tell us who your father is or the house you come from, there is an expectation of conduct. So you can't call yourself a child of God, a gospel minister, preacher. And leave anyhow. Impossible. Paul said before I, if I tarry. I am going to write to you how you ought to conduct yourself. In the house of God. Which is the pillar of truth. There is a way believers conduct themselves. Paul said to his protege Timothy. He says. Be thou an example in your speech, in your conduct. So, a child of God, the way you speak is important. Where we see you, who are your friends, what you are involved in. There should be a distinction between how a believer reacts to things and how an unbeliever reacts to things. 
Don't behave anyhow. A child of God can't dress anyhow. It's very important. It's amazing that now sometimes I look at the church and unfortunately it's as if the church wants to copy the world. When the world has to learn from us, we, the man of God wants to behave for them to know. You know, sometimes you are tempted to behave for people to feel unimkrum. So by talking like an unbeliever, I remember I preached in a church, the pastor, whilst we were going to church, I have dressed, wearing my suit. The pastor who is hosting me is wearing a cap and with a jeans, you know, to fist. There's nothing wrong with jeans, but how he's worn the jeans. He's pulled his pants down. And he says, prof, you know, my church is a youthful church, you know, and the youth. You have to be like them. I said, are you serious? Then buy weed. So that you are coming to preach and you are, because if you dress, there's such a way, the only thing you need is a weed, then you are complete in Christ. The child of God cannot dress anyhow. You see, the problem is, we have this perception, is incorrect, that Christianity is of the heart, yes, but we have been saying to men who don't have ability to see what is in your heart. Men look on the outward. He says it is who looks in the heart. It's God. He says men look on the outside, outward, but God looks where? In the heart. So God doesn't have a problem, but the men you are to reach to, the men who are looking at you, you owe them how you conduct yourself amongst men. Hear me? If a believer dresses anyhow, I have to preach to you a complete gospel. It can never take that believer to hell. No amount of dress. If you like walk naked through town, you will still make the heaven you want to make, in quote. But what you do with how you have dressed is to prevent others from coming. That's where the problem is. Whatever you do is not about you. It's for others. It's for others. It's for others. And I've come to understand that people listen to... No. People learn from what you do more than what you say. That's why in discipleship, you take the disciple to do what they see you do. So you are discipling me and you are coming to church late. What are you teaching me? You tell me to come early, but you are late. You tell me to pray, but you don't come and pray. Some people, their disciples even come to church before they come. So the believer can't live anyhow. The believer can't live anyhow. So there's that mystery. I don't, I don't get it. Why the church is striving so hard to be like the world. Go to churches now, we off the light and on disco light. That's what I used to do when I used to go to Matador. Cantabaron. We don't need light there because what we are doing does not need light. What we need is 
the colored lights. Yes. Now we come to church. And then you know there are smoke. We create. We create a feeling for what we are doing. A church is creating the same thing. So that there's now more performance than serving God. The minister is more concerned with what he or she is going to wear to sing than preparing and praying to come and minister. He says, we cannot conduct ourselves anyhow. So you can still write again that a believer must be careful in how he or she conducts him or herself. I must be careful what I say. I must be careful what is said to me. So it's not only what you are saying, what is being said to you. Bible says evil communication corrupts good manners. So I have to be careful where I sit so that I'm careful what I'm hearing. So I'm careful what I'm saying before something comes out of my mouth, I have thought through. And then I am careful where I sit. Very importantly, I must be careful what enters into my heart. Because negativity can enter your heart and you'll be acting based on what has entered your heart. It's like having a perception about somebody. The perception affects your action. So when rebellion enters your heart, everything you do is based on the horse you are sitting on. When pride enters your heart, even when you are wrong, you don't see you are wrong. You want to justify the error. Are you here? So to be careful of what enters my heart, I must be careful where I go. I beg of you, you must be careful of your heart because the heart controls your life. Whatever enters your heart is either from your eyes or from your ears. What you are seeing or what you are hearing. So what you are watching, what you are reading, what you are hearing. That's why in Christianity there's meditation, saying what you have been told, repeating it to yourself so that you only hear what God is saying. He says, we walk carefully, not as fools. Again, I said that the child of God, our wisdom is the word of God. Our wisdom. As a child of God, you want wisdom? Wisdom is the word of God. When you understand the word of God very well, when you follow the word of God very well, being led will be the easiest thing. I said it before, let me say it again. That if you want to marry, there is somebody who is proposing or approaching you. The person doesn't go to church. Then you say you want to pray and find out. The person doesn't believe in Jesus. Or the person is a casual church attender. You to your focus in life is to grow in the things of God. How do you pray that is it gospel? You don't need God to speak. He has spoken already in his, his word. 
The Bible says, don't be equally yoked with an unbeliever. He uses, you see, Paul uses something that people, the congregation then were familiar with. The yoke in Ghana, in our time, you will not understand. But I'm sure you may have seen it on TV before. When they do farming, they have two oxens and they put a yoke around their neck so they plow the land. Now he says if the the oxen are not equal, let's say you take a smaller oxen and a bigger one and you put a yoke around them, it will be difficult for synergy. But when they are of the same level, it is easy. So don't be equally yoked with an unbeliever. If the person has different belief, you have different belief. How can you achieve anything? So you don't, you know, I remember those days people come to me, Pastor, he's not saying, but I know he likes God. I can pray so that he will change. Your own salvation, you didn't pray for yourself. How do you pray for somebody's salvation? Salvation is a choice, it's not by prayer. That's why when we pray for people to be saved, we pray that may a gospel preacher approach them. You can't pray for somebody to change. If prayer is what converts people, there is no need for preaching. We we'll just line up, list people's name, pray. That's a no. God plays in every human being the ability to choose. You choose to believe or choose not to believe. That's why there is judgment. If you can pray somebody out of their will, how is God going to judge anybody? Because I was manipulated. It has to be my choice. I choose to be saved. I choose not to believe. Are you following? So it's important you understand that the word of God is our wisdom. The word of God is our wisdom. The word of God is the guide for the believer. The word of God is a guide for the believer. Now, in Jesus' teaching, I said that consistently there were two words you will find in Jesus' teaching. He uses the word take heed. Take heed. Mark chapter 13, verse 33. Interesting. Jesus used that word so much. Take heed. Mark chapter 13, verse 33. Mm-hmm. Take ye heed. Take watch ye and heed. Pray. Is that what? Watch and pray. He says you should take heed and watch and pray. Let me explain the word take heed. Take heed simply means to look very carefully or to be watchful. Jesus says, be watchful and pray. Take heed. Uh-huh. Please read it again. Take ye heed. Mm-hmm. Watch and pray. Uh-huh. For ye know not when the time is. Because you don't know. I'll be dealing with the time, the word time. He says you have to be careful and be watchful. And the reason is you don't know. When the time is. When the time is. So the reason I take heed is because I don't know what the time is. When the time is. Look at another one in 23. Mark, Mark 13, 13, 23. Verse 23. Mm-hmm. 
But take ye heed. But take ye heed. Behold. Behold. I have foretold you. I have all warned things. you ahead. Uh-huh. For I have foretold you all things. Uh-huh. But in those days, after that tribulation, the sun shall be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars of heaven shall fall. Please go back again. Take it again. He says, But take heed, behold. I have foretold you I have all foretold things. you all things. Be careful because I have told you all things. Luke chapter 11, 35. Luke 11, 35. Jesus telling his congregation to be careful and watchful. Luke eleven thirty five. Luke eleven thirty five. Take heed therefore. He says, Take heed therefore that the light which is in thee be not. He darkness. says, Be careful that you are not negatively influenced. Take heed therefore that the light that is in you is not darkened. Shaye. Be careful. That somebody does not destroy your commitment. Take heed. Luke 12, 15. Jesus again. Luke 12, verse 15. Uh And he said unto them. And he said unto them. Take heed. Take heed. And beware of And beware of what? Covetousness. Covetousness. This was a man who came to Jesus to ask Jesus to divide an inheritance between him and his brother. And Jesus says, I am not here to be dividing people's property. Some of us, our problem is that you are too greedy for money. What is preventing your seriousness to the things of God is money. Take heed. The man says, Yo, Jesus, I know you're a good teacher. Can you divide the land between me and my brother? Jesus says, that is not my role. That is not my role. Then he turns to the people. Be careful of covetousness. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. That the so-called comfort you are looking for will not lead you into distraction. Be careful of covetousness. 17. Verse 3. Luke 15. Luke chapter 17. The verse number 3. Take heed to yourself. He says, take heed to yourself. If thy brother trespass against you. If thy brother offends you. Rebuke him. Rebuke him. And if he repents. And if he repents. Forgive him. Forgive him. He says, one of the things you should take heed. Be careful of is bitterness. Be careful. That you not live in bitterness. If your brother offends you, correct your brother and forgive him. We can talk about the issue 27 years that you are still holding on to it. 
You have a diary, so you easily refer. Take heed. Take heed. Ever last one, 21, 8. Luke 21, verse 8. And then 34. Jesus, he used take heed several times. Things you should be careful about. One day I'll be talking about this in detail. Just wanted to point out to you that being careful is a word of God. Luke chapter 21, verse 8. Mm-hmm. And he said, And he said, Take heed that ye be not deceived. He says, Take heed, Sheye, Take heed that ye be not deceived. For many shall For come, many in my shall name, come saying, saying, I am Christ. I am Christ. And the time draweth near. Don't let people present a gospel that is not a gospel. Unfortunately, American preachers brought us American gospel. Flamboyance. Prosperity. And, and their prosperity is material prosperity. And how, how, can, how can the gospel be about prosperity? And Jesus will say, what will profit a man if he wins the whole world? How can it be about material wealth? And a rich man comes to Jesus, I want to be a disciple. He says, go and sell all your riches and come and follow me. Don't be deceived by the give and receive gospel. So, and you reap, press down, shake it together, running over gospel. Don't be deceived. Some will come in my name as Christ. If you are poor, it's a curse. Who told you? Then all the disciples were cursed. Money is not a sign of blessing. Poverty is not a sign of a curse. I didn't say poverty is good. I didn't say poverty is God's gift to your life. I'm saying to you that poverty is not a curse. And material wealth is not a blessing. We deceive ourselves that Abraham was poor and when he met God, he became rich. It's not true. Abraham had money before he met God. And still God said, I'll bless him. And the blessing was not material. The blessing of God to Abraham was the promise of the Holy Ghost. The promise of faith that makes one justified. And God typified it with a land. It was just typology, the promised land flowing with milk and honey. Which land? Since Bible days to now, which land flows with milk and honey? It was typology. The promise of God is redemption that your academics can't give you. Promise of God is redemption that your money can't give you. Your status in life can't give you. That's why I said at the beginning of the sermon that the gospel is the solution to this world's problem. What everybody needs, you can have money and everything. It doesn't guarantee you eternal life. You can be very poor. It doesn't guarantee you eternal life. You can be the most intelligent man in the world. It doesn't guarantee you eternal life. What gives eternal life is Christ Jesus. And it is through the gospel. That's why the gospel. You see, people get money and they become drug addicts. They become an addict of something. 
Michael Jackson died an addict of everything you can think of. Even sleep was a problem. Sleep. He bought one of the most expensive beds in the world. Empire. As Nenna went to Couldn't buy sleep. To sleep, he started dragging himself and he died. People have the cash you think God will give you and all your life will be okay. And they still feel emptiness. Because what fills your heart is that which the precious Christ and his word gives. Unfortunately for us, they preached a gospel that was away from what Christ gives to chase after material wealth. So the church started believing that you have arrived when you have more cars. So somebody is committed to Jesus and the things of God and they still feel there's emptiness in them. Because a man is a product of influence and you're a product of what you are hearing. When I was growing up as a young preacher, I'm still growing up. Some of my mentors loved a certain brand in London. So it was a dream. It doesn't matter what brand of shirt, shoes I wore, bought. I have to get that brand. It was at Harrods. I remember one day they took me there. Hey! Jesus is Lord. You know, the way they were collecting the shirts. I was just coming from Macy's. Hallelujah to Jesus. Where <laughs> you can get five shirts for 100 pounds. Or at least three. Three for 400. Then I got here and the way they were collecting. Me too, when I saw, I said, I like this one. I like this one. I didn't check the price. I thought it's three, it's 200. Then I realized that one, one, Ekumi, was 250. And then you go to the other side, it was going to 400. Then when they pick a belt, it was 4,000 pounds. Yeah. And then I explained to them that I was on the journey of getting there. So they said, oh, I can take even take the Macy's anointing was still in my head. Also, oh, Gilbert, you can take. Take what you like. I still can't bring myself to understand that with this 250, I could have gotten a whole wardrobe. But <laughs> it's going for one shirt. And then the belt, the belt. I started calculating in Ghana City. But at a point, I realized that if you don't wear those type of designers, your anointing is limited. So I press on towards the mark of a higher calling. I started buying. And you still buy and still feel emptiness. The world will make you believe a certain shoe puts you in a certain pedestal. You can kill yourself just to buy a shoe. That's how empty life is. I remember when I first got the gift of a Range Rover. I didn't sleep that day. I stood at the balcony of my house and I was beholding the Range Rover. I beheld, I beheld his glory for hours and smiled. Few months time, I went to town and I saw somebody 
using the latest of that Range Rover. And my Range Rover's desire left my heart. I started pursuing for another one. I realized that you desire something, you get it. And in a few days, weeks, months, that desire starts going away. You start looking for. So companies, advertisers, they know how to appeal your desire. They will just do iPhone 11. And within three months, they will start telling you something beyond what you have. So that you reach on towards the goal of a higher calling, wasting your life just to satisfy a desire that can never be satisfied. When I read that Solomon married that amount of women, I knew that desire can never I met a man. A man came to me. He wanted to marry one of my daughters then. And it was a beautiful conversation. He's married. No. He's not married. You can't call that man. He said he's had 11 children with 11 women. I was amazed at his glory. Couldn't believe it. And he was coming for the 12 one. So 11 children with 11 different women. And he's met the 12 woman and he says, this is the one. And I asked him, in all the 11, you didn't find the one. Why is this the one? People have very interesting stories. Sometimes as a pastor, I think I've heard it all. Till I still meet some. I asked him, why did you, the first one, was it not? He said it was it. She promised me something she didn't do. She said, really, what was it? She said, he promised me that when we marry, she will make sure that her back becomes bigger. I waited for two years. It didn't become. So I felt disappointed. So I went in for the second one. I said, so if it is back you are looking for, why didn't you go for the second one? He said, you always have hope that you will find or they will develop it. I don't know how. So he went 11 women, 11 children, still couldn't find. So he met my member then, and my member was that which he has been waiting for. So I asked him, why do you want to marry her? He said, because of her back. The back I have been looking for. I said, this is the foolish way to marry a woman. The lady didn't understand my point. They married and it didn't last for six months. Because desire, human desire, human desire is difficult to satisfy. So if you don't have the gospel in your heart, you will keep chasing after something that you yourself, you don't know what you are looking for. So you can't be foolish. You have to be wise. I won't be surprised if I meet him 10 years time. He's had 20 children. And the sad thing is that he doesn't work. I don't know how he's able to get it. You know, it's for another day. It's for another day. Next point. The Christian walk is lived in watchfulness. The Christian walk is lived... In watchfulness and caution is a word of God. 
The Christian walk is lived in watchfulness, carefulness. Is the word of God. Jesus said, take heed to yourself. So the Christian cannot afford to be careless. Ephesians 5, 16 then. Let's go to Ephesians 5, 16. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16. Mm -hmm. Redeeming the time. He says, redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. Because the days are are what? Evil. They are evil. The word redeeming exagorazo 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 e-x-a-g-o-r-a-z-o it means to buy out of to buy out of redeeming buy out of is one of the words that is used for redemption It also means to buy it. So Paul is saying that time is available, buy it. Time is available, save time. How do you save time? Because have you ever heard somebody say, I bought Thursday into my pocket and I've saved Thursday. Thursday will never pass. So what is Paul trying to tell us when he says that we should buy time out or time off. The word time, I said, is also the word kairos. K-A-I-R-O-S, kairos. Kairos, the word time is kairos. It means opportunity or moment. So Paul is saying, redeem the opportunity or the moments. Redeem the opportunity or the moment. Again, I said that time is often used for things that don't happen all the time. That word, kairos, is always used for things that don't happen all the time. And I gave you an example, like if you are 30 years, or if you were 30 years in 2020, you will not be 30 years in 2021. So you redeem the opportunity to be 29. You redeem the opportunity to be young. You redeem the opportunity to have a job. He redeemed the opportunity to have the privilege of the gospel. Redeem. So somebody going to do global washing of feet. And I'm like, wow. So somebody's faith is in the fact that as they wash their feet, their destiny will change. Yet you have the opportunity to know the truth. What are you doing to the truth you know? I visited a local surgeon today. In fact, I just did surgery this morning. 
open surgery. That's how I'm able to walk. So when I saw the guy limping, I laughed. I said, you need to see my surgery. I did surgery this morning at Accra. And the miraculous surgery I went through. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Life. So, the reason I brought out the surgery was that the man said to me, a lot of people come here and they said, somebody has done them to be, somebody has done this. And he's able to use, I don't think I spend, let me give myself 15 minutes. So, a mentality, mindset have been created in people's mind. I know people carrying fibroid so big in their stomach and it's killing them, but they have been told that if they do oppression, a spirit in your mother's house. I remember I, I went to Kolebu and some of the doctors and nurses, when they heard I was a prophet, they say, I, they begged me, can I do a campaign for you? I said, what is it? He said, several women are dying because they come too late. They go and drink budges and omega oil into their stomach to compound the problem. When they have been told if they do oppression, they will die. And their solution rather is the operation. The first time I entered the theater to see how caesarean is done, that day, that day, I regretted several prophecies of the devil wants you to do surgery. How I prophesied to people in several times that when you do surgery is a plan of the devil. I didn't know that even when you don't do it is a plan of the devil. Because some people, common sense should tell you that if the baby is so big, Satan didn't give doctors wisdom to do caesarean. That wisdom to do good is from God. No evil comes from God. No good comes from the devil. And people force, no, me, I will push. Me, I will push. And they push and die. Sadly, most, forgive me, I'm very careful with words, not most. I can tell you that a number of women who have died in pushing was because somebody prophesied to them. Or a, a stupid dream somebody had. Some even don't have the strength to push. Yet, their mother went to see one prophet who didn't even finish Psalm 4. Jesus Christ, one passing B.E.C. And you know, sometimes religion makes some people so stupid. You even when you went there, there was only one doctor, but the prophet told you there were three, the one on the third. And you believe that nonsense. And people are dying because of ignorance. That's why you have to be careful what you are hearing. And then when you hear what is good, seize the opportunity. Build yourself in the Lord. Don't still live as unwise. Some people, they are here, they are still spying other places. Gospel name is no. Actually, low. Who passing from a church a busli? Of late. When I watch action film, I don't feel it. Ah. See what my son. 
Ewu onu kra anya fe. Ah, first you share action for the years. Busli. Yo, dano ho. Ah. Jesus. Ma se move ni nyina. Everything has been diluted. Are you with me? So what was the last point? Please what was the last point you wrote? Bring me back to track. Okay. Next point. I said time is often used for things that don't happen all the time. So Paul is saying you don't have time to waste. You don't have time to waste. You don't have time to waste. A lady said this in tears. She said, how I wish I took things more seriously when I was on campus. Why was she saying that? She said she believes if she had done that, she won't end up in that marriage she's in. She won't be in that career she's in. There are certain people today, they, sometimes you see people suffer and, and it's sad that because of superstition in Africa, they won't tell you that when they went to school, they didn't concentrate. There are people who come from homes, they know how they struggle to come. So they are very serious. Some people too, they thought because of their father, they can live anyhow. And when they didn't take life serious, and life is how you sow, you reap, then they look for the easiest ways to look for somebody to blame. But you don't have time to waste. Tell somebody you don't have time to waste. So seize every opportunity. Another thing you should also note is that you don't always have time. You don't always have time. You don't always have time. I'm telling you now, there are some things you can do now. Tomorrow you may not have the time. So if there is time, take advantage of the time you have today today to do what you have to do. You don't always have time. You don't. Very importantly, if God speaks to you, if God speaks to you about an assignment and you choose to do what you like, if God speaks to you, sometimes individually, there is something God places on our heart to do. And sometimes we decide to do it at our time. I want you to know that time does not belong to you and you cannot negotiate time. Because time is not in your hands. Some of you, you know. This is what God is expected from you. But why am I on time? Some may change, some may disappear. I'm waiting. If I'm able to do this, then I'll have all the time. You behave as if time is yours. That's a big error. Do you even know what will happen tomorrow? When... Prophets, we were seeing all those who would die in Ghana, the celebrities. We couldn't see the coronavirus coming. We saw everything. We can even see who win World Cup. But such a global pandemic, nobody saw. 
Oh, no, let me say, as far as I was concerned, I didn't go everywhere. I'm sure somebody saw it. But the point is, just like we didn't know, we will be turning into ninjas. And sometimes you have to get close and ask the person, who is this, before you know who you are talking to. So you don't know what will happen tomorrow. So what you have is what you have today. If there is anything to plan with, it's the opportunity you have now. Trying to behave as if you control time. And you know what next. Just when we were celebrating the coming of a vaccine, they are also celebrating or crying over a new wave of the pandemic. Do you know what next? I said what the time you have is the one you have now. The one you are postponing till when everything's settled, I will have time, Papa. You don't know. I plan that by July. Because July is, is in the fridge in your house. Because July you have bought it and stored it in a safe in your office. So you pull it when you want. I said, don't behave as if time is yours. And never negotiate time. Whatever God has said to you to do. The longer you procrastinate. The difficult it becomes. If you have to serve God better than you know you have to serve. And you keep postponing. I am telling you. You are making it more difficult for yourself. You are making it more difficult for yourself. Hear me? Every new day, every new year is a blessing. It is also an opportunity to serve God. Every new year, every new day, every new month is a blessing. And it is an opportunity to serve God. It is an opportunity to know God more. So redeem the time. Every new day is an opportunity to serve God more, know God more, pray more. Every new year, every new month, every new week is an opportunity for you. So you have to redeem the time. A version we read on that day, specifically the Amplified, said that make good use of every opportunity. Instead of redeeming the time, he uses make good use of every opportunity. Brothers and sisters, make good use of every opportunity. So don't be sitting in church and say, oh, I'm right. When I, I'll, I'll, I'll find time and then I'll listen to the recording. What you have is now. When you can take note is now. Postponing to do it later is something you don't have. So sometimes you can be here and say to yourself, you let me just listen. I'll find time when I'm, I'm alone. Stop. Only God knows how you have been able to do that thing you said. How many messages you have piled, you have not recovered. Again, I said you need to learn not to be merely excited about time, 
but to be responsible about time. You need not to be merely excited about time, but you need to be responsible with time. Be responsible about time. Learn to use time wisely and well. Learn to use time wisely and well. Acts chapter 1 verse 6 and 7. After the resurrection of Jesus, the disciples come to Jesus and they said to him, Jesus, when will you restore again the kingdom unto Israel? And Jesus made a statement that if you don't read it contextually, you would think, his answer, his answer was just simply, his answer simply meant, it is not for you. He said, it is not for you. Look at verse 7. Acts chapter 1 verse 7. Mm-hmm. And he said unto them, it is not for you. It is not for you is simply the answer. The translators made it look like a long sentence. It's like when Jesus asked, when they asked Jesus, who sinned, this man or his father? Or his mother? Jesus said, no one sinned, full stop. Should have been there. So it is not for you. Then he starts a new sentence. Eh? To know the times or the seasons mm-hmm. which the father has put in his own He purpose. says your duty is to know the time and the season which the father has put. Mm-hmm. In his own power. In his own power. But ye shall receive power. But ye shall receive power. After that the Holy, after Ghost, that, has the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall Next be- point. That means the way the world sees time, that means the way the world sees time is not the way a believer should see time. The way the world sees time is not the way a believer should see time. The way the world sees time is not the way a believer should see time. The world sees time as days. They see it as years. They see it as hours. But a Christian must see time as purpose. The world sees time as day, month, years, hours. But the Christian must see time as purpose. If you see time as days, as we say, eh, I'm getting to 30 years and I'm not married. I should by now, I should have this, I should have this. That's what you are looking at. You are looking at time like the world, not with purpose. Some are pressured by their age more than purpose. So they are worried. So they end up marrying wrongly. They end up rushing into doing things. By now, I should have had my own house. Why am I still staying with my mother? Why is it? They will do that and then they will carry money and because they don't have purpose, they go and waste it. People have used their age to rush into marriage. They are locked. They don't know how to come out. Some people, they are better off unmarried. Oh, they would have done better. The child of God should not see time Like the world sees time. Is somebody here? Read the 7 and 8 together. Acts chapter 1, 7 and 8. 
Acts chapter 1, verse 7 and verse 8. Mm-hmm. And he said unto them, Jesus said unto the disciples, It is not for you to it know. It is not for you. Look, what the world is designed is not for you. To know the times or but the But you have to know the time and the season which the Father has put in his own power. Which the Father has put in his own power. But ye shall receive he power. He says, then he says, your purpose is that you are going to receive power after and when you receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you, you will be, be my, my witnesses. witnesses. Unto me, both in Jerusalem. Unto me, but in Jerusalem. And in all Judea. And in all and in Judea. Samaria, and in Samaria. And, unto the and into part the uttermost part of the world. So the question is, are you looking at time with purpose, which the Father has put in his own hands? Child of God, are you looking at time with purpose for which the Father has put in his power? Are you looking at time with purpose for which the father has put power? Has put his own power. There is a purpose of God which he has designated his power. Are you looking at that? Next point. In other words, the power of God gives us a sense of purpose. The power of God gives us a sense of purpose. He says, you will receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you will be my witnesses. So the power of the Holy Ghost gives the believer a sense of purpose. The baptism of the Holy Ghost which is for ministry, gives us a sense of direction. The baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is for ministry, gives the believer a sense of direction and a sense of purpose. The tongues you speak, which is an evidence of your Holy Ghost, is to give you a sense of direction and a sense of purpose. When God gives you his spirit, he's giving you his will and his purpose. So whatever I do, I must consider the reason he gave me his spirit. So the type of job I do should not influence the reason I receive the spirit of God. The relationship I enter should not in any way affect the purpose of the spirit of God over my life. Where I live. You don't go and rent a place or buy a house. That it will take you 14 hours to get to church. You were not thinking of your spiritual growth. That every decision you take. You must have it in mind. God has given me his spirit. And his spirit gives me a sense of purpose. So my decisions. Must be influenced by God's purpose. And I will cut now, Boasi. And I sorry, I a better gospel in a biniho. And I will him how to do what you have to do. What are you going to do? So some of us trade money for our spiritual life. 
And sometimes it's just an extra 100 Ghana, 200 Ghana. Ubu are extra 500 Ghana. It's worth throwing your spiritual life away. Or better still, it is worth throwing away your purpose in life. I told somebody yesterday, whatever we are doing, if you buy 50 houses, cloud your road with gold, all will perish here. What is eternal is the souls we are winning, the lives we are growing in Christ. That is going to stay forever. And that you either suffer lost or receive a crown for it. Are you spending all your time building treasures on earth where termites and mites, where even an ordinary flu, coronavirus, can stop? Companies are collapsing all over the world because of an ordinary wave. Yet people spend their life building human empires they don't have control over. OBS office kakraka. Since Corona came, they have not even entered that room. Now people are working from the house. See, I see The things you are killing yourself for, I'm asking you if today that which you have wasted all your life for comes to an end. Have you built treasures in heaven? Have you built purpose for your life in the kingdom of God? Ask yourself, what souls are you going to present to God? Who have you won to Christ? Who are your disciples you will take to God and say, God, these people grew in their spiritual life because of me. Divided by your years on earth, by your years of being a Christian. Why no your Christoni because of you? Who is doing mighty things for God because of your training? Every year you have drawn a long resolution chasing after material things. You are too busy for God. Sister, one day will come. One day. One day. One day will come. One day will come. Whatever you invested in, you will see whether it was good or it was bad. Whatever you spent your time on, whatever was a priority to God over God, whatever was a priority to you over God, I said one day. Paul said we will stand before the throne of God unappended to, undisguised. Books shall be opened. And each man shall receive a reward according to his works. It is in the Bible. That we will all appear. No excuses. What? Who are you going to excuse to? Is it God that he didn't know what actually was happening? That somebody was as busy as you, but they spent time. Somebody had children to take off like you. Somebody lived fairer than you lived. Yet they were always in time in church more than you did. Today I asked the coordinators who are the most committed people and I was surprised. Some of the most committed people they live at Ada. 
Most punctual people live very far. And they don't have a car. Some people, if I tell you where they live, and that's what I tell you, I'm telling you here this. Whatever excuse you have, no, somebody has a worse excuse, but they are still creating time for God. So on that day, you will not have an excuse. Though. Whatever excuse you think is legitimate, somebody has a worse one. And they are still finding time around it. It's a new year. If you don't seize the opportunity, one day there will be gnashing of teeth. Gnashing of teeth is regret. Regret. Some people have a fantasy of becoming rich, becoming very big, the richest man ever in the kingdom. You don't need Jesus to be ritual. I've said it. I want you to get into your head. It's like you don't need Jesus to marry you. People have married even before Jesus was born. In the time of Noah, the Bible says people were married and given in marriage. In fact, you can even make money more when you are less a Christian. Because you can do anything, you don't have boundaries. So you don't need Jesus to make money. That's why there are several unbelievers who have more money. So I said, you go to a church, a big church, the number of cars there, few. Because yes, you want check cash. opportunities and how you have developed yourself in life. That's why a non-believer can make it. A Buddhist can make it. An atheist. People who even believe there is no God. Because cash is not the thing. It's good for living this life. But it doesn't carry you outside this our world. Doesn't. A Christian must learn to prioritize. Work hard. But don't give God's time to the world. Don't give God's time. To your office. I explained to you. The number of hours in a week. And the hours we give to the world. God's own in a whole week service. The most committed member who comes to every meeting is 18 hours. It's not even up to a whole day. We spend more time. And still Sunday, you go for work. And still, that two, three hours of steps coming to church, you will come late. You had the whole week to yourself. Some of you, since we started doing the weekly prayer, umahada. Just an hour and a half prayer. Once a week. Three hours service. 
on Thursday to come and learn how to grow your spirit man. Three hours service on a Sunday to grow in doctrine. So three, three, six, plus one hour of prayer in the week. Are you saying? In a week, oh. In a week. It's too much. You are too busy. And God, if he understands, you are busy. But if it's a friend's party, I've seen people take time off to go for somebody's funeral. Not their own funeral. Obi, not damn fool. They see nothing wrong. They can go three days. Just go around giving back in vocal. Just around. I want them to feel loved. At the expense of your spiritual growth. If you live life and you want to attend every funeral, every party, every birthday, you are not serious with your spiritual life. If you live life, now there be be or be able invite you be our say one person disappoint you be forget your spiritual life. Today is my father's also the twenty fifth anniversary of being on the throne. His birthday, his whatever. I'm here. I'm not going. I am preaching. If you were the pastor, you will leave the church to attend that, to go and eat your love. When God has entrusted people's life to my care, I told them I was injured and I'm injured. Can't walk. But I inject myself to come and preach because this is what I'll be accounted for, not my father's birthday. I can take anything for the gospel. I couldn't stand today. They told me there's a man, he can do this. I said, let's go. But they are there war war, Mister. As long as I can preach, I don't care. What can you give for the gospel? You can give things for friends. Anything. Anything. Some of you, you have never given to support the work of God here. But friends, they know you. Ajuadie. friend Obama. What are you living for? These are questions as a believer you must ask yourself. Next point. As a Christian... Your values are shared with Jesus. As a Christian, your values are shared with Jesus. So we use the time the way he used time. As a Christian, I share values with Christ. So I use time the way Jesus used time. Therefore, time for me becomes an opportunity to be purposeful. I take that sentence again. 
I said, as a Christian, your values are shared with Jesus. So we use time the way he, Jesus, used time. Therefore, time for me becomes an opportunity to be purposeful. He is purposeful anywhere he finds himself. Even at a wedding, he is preaching the gospel. At a funeral, he takes every opportunity to make sure somebody hears about Christ. You know how to mobilize people to a friend's funeral. You can gather all your old students to the get-together. But you don't know how to gather people to God's house. What's the difference? I remember those days, I can do a party one day. I just decide I'm doing party for no reason. I didn't need reason to do party. I just call Munko Eponano, Munko Taponji. This one will dress it. I call this one who will supply tilapia. This one will bring fried rice. This one will bring jollof. Pam. By evening, party machine. Some people, you can make calls and gather people. Yet you have struggled to even bring one person to church. Where is your purpose? Some people do say, don't worry, if I don't come to this service, I will come to the other one. That's not being wise. How can you plan to miss service? And convince yourself there's another service. One thing you should know that this service will not come again. It's gone. Even when you listen to it on tape, it's not like the same. It's sad. People sitting outside the country who see themselves as affiliated or members of your cars are crying that I'm not doing Facebook Live and the Zoom so that they hear. People who are in Ghana with access, they are not coming. You can count the number of times they have come to Sunday service in a year. The whole year. Number of times they came to church on Sunday. Because the whole Ghana is on top of your shoulders. Remember, you account for the time that you have and the opportunity you were given. Finally, Jesus took his disciples to pray. <laughs> Jesus took his disciples to go and pray at Gethsemane. He comes back, they are sleeping. He says, could you not pray with me for an hour? He goes again, he comes back, they are sleeping. The third time he comes back, they are sleeping. I was shocked what Jesus said. At the third time, Jesus says, continue sleeping. He told them to continue. Continue, continue to sleep. That means don't think opportunities will always be there for you. Don't think Jesus will not choose another person. He said they should continue to sleep. Also, sorry, Mumpai, continue. His own disciples. 
It simply means that the time has passed. So if you imagine God is telling you that your time is passed. The time has passed can never be for salvation. Because there is nobody that the door of salvation is closed to. But the time has passed for ministry. And the things you are designed to do. God has never lacked a substitute. Never think you are irreplaceable. Never think God can do without you. It's a deception. Never think God can find anybody. When Saul was chosen, and he started to go against the Lord and his word, God chose David. A boy he less had value for. His daughter Mikai could not bring herself to that. David told her, your father was there and God chose me. In the stead of your father. When God gives you that opportunity and you undermine it, somebody less qualified, less educated, will be used to do and even do better than you would have done. Pastor Chris said he had an appointment with the late T.L. Osborne. They spoke on phone. The man gave him time. Said we'll meet on Friday when you get to America. He was excited. He got to America on Friday. T.L. Osborne died on Friday. The opportunity. He said, what if I spoke to him on phone? Don't think opportunities will always be there. Don't, Don't deceive yourself. Don't think. Said he went for a conference. His flight was delayed. The conference was for three days in Tulsa. He was so tired. But the reason he had moved from Nigeria to America was just to attend that conference. When he got to the lobby, he felt like going to sleep. After all, there's two more days left. Let me just go and rest and start the program from tomorrow. He said, something just told him, have you come this far to just come and sleep? He decided to go. He entered the church. The moment he entered, the man of God was ministry. He says, there is a man of God from Nigeria. The Lord has a word for you. He said, where he was standing, there is no way the man of God would have seen him. In the auditorium were two people from Nigeria. So he went. When he went, the man of God said, no. What God told me, he didn't tell me two people. He said, there's one of you who came from Nigeria. There's something God wants to do with your life. And that's why he sent me here today. The other man lived in America, even though he was a Nigerian. So he was not the one. He said that was defining in his ministry. So the question is, what if he slept? What if he allowed his body to tell him he was tired? He had every reason. But that was the day. He could have listened to the preaching. But he would have missed that visitation. Some things cannot be recorded. I told you my own experience. I was in Opoko High Secondary School. 
They have advertised this program. I desire to go. Me and my friends. It was raining heavily. From Santasi to Odium. I didn't have transport. I knew my friends would go so that I can pet with them. They said because of the rain, they won't go. I don't know why I said I will go. I don't have money. They were not willing to give me their money. The fact that they were not going did not mean I shouldn't also go. I decided I will go. I walked from Santasi. From Santasi to Odium. In the rain. It had rained from morning to the evening. It was still raining. I walked through. I got to the auditorium. I'll never forget this experience. Reverend Alfred Amitya's church. The whole big auditorium was empty. Only the guest preacher and Reverend Alfred Amitya. The guest preacher was from America. He said God told him he is to anoint one man for great works. That even if nobody comes, he should stay there till the nine o'clock. The church is supposed to close. The person will come. I was the only person who went. I was the only person in 1995. When I got in, they were standing at the altar. No usher. No choristers. Only me. He says, this is the man I've been waiting for. And they brought me forward. What if I followed my friends not to go? Somebody's destiny is not your destiny. Somebody's life. We don't serve God because others are doing it. Christianity is individual. I always remember that day. I didn't know how to tell them what happened. They wouldn't understand. That two great men are waiting for a small boy who is a student in a school. They prayed for me and they left. They said their mission is accomplished. I've never met Reverend Afrenya Mitchell again since 1995. There are some encounters that will never happen in your bedroom. That's why the disciples of Jesus had to wait at the upper room. They waited, sorry, in Solomon's porch for the visitation of the Spirit of God. I've told you already, the world is not designed to make you a better Christian. So everything will make it difficult to come to church. It's a new year. Everything is designed. Friends will come in. They, before you close, they will just bring you a document. Can you see to this before tomorrow? Just when you are about to step out to go. These are all things designed. And that's where choice comes in. That's when priority comes in. Just when you are about to step out, a friend you have not seen forever appears from nowhere. Things are put down to set as barriers your spiritual growth. And what makes us grow is the choices we make. Everything happens in time. So time is important. Everything happens in time. So time is important. And at these points, three points, I want you to write how important is time. How important is time? Number one, everything happens in time. So time is important. And you don't have all the world to do the will of God. I don't have all the world to do the will of God. You only have the time when there is time. 
you only have the time when there is time now. And the time is now. So use it. Anybody who has postponed the call of God never returned to do it. Anybody who has postponed what they have to do for God, they never return to do it. Because you can't detect for God. Anybody who has postponed an assignment God has placed on you. God has told you, be doing this. Some people will never give till you call them to tell them we are in trouble. Shouldn't be. You must know your assignment. I told a friend yesterday that this month I never asked anybody for loan. So people think the loan has disappeared in the air. I paid though. I paid. Some voluntarily brought their money. So you never postpone the call of God. Never. When you postpone, it's difficult to retrieve. Because we don't detect for God. So do not think you have all the time. Matthew 17, 11. 17, 17. And then let me last scripture. Matthew 17, 17. Matthew, Matthew chapter 17, verse 17. And Jesus answered and said to them, O faithless and perverse, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long do you think I'll be with you? How long shall I suffer you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. He's, Jesus is telling you, do you think I'm going to be with you forever? It's a simple question you should know. I don't think that opportunity will keep knocking at your door. Opportunity to do what you have to do. The opportunity to seize the moments and the time. Don't think it's always there. A time will come, like Jesus asked them, how long would I be with you? How long will you be warned about the same thing? Hear me, when you do something wrong because you didn't know, it's ignorance. But when you do something you have been told and you continue to do. It's called disobedience. When you didn't know that coming to church late is wrong. It's a mistake. But when you know and you still do it, it's called disobedience. When you miss church and you have been told it's not right for a Christian and you do it, it's no more a mistake. God doesn't count things you have been corrected about as a mistake. He counts it as disobedience. Whatever you know to do that you don't do is disobedience. Paul said some of you ought to be teachers. Some of you, by now, you should be training people. Now you don't even know your stand to talk of training people. I saw a scripture that scared me. He says if a brother decides to be an heresy, you call him to correct him one or two. He says the third time, leave him. So don't think there will always be that opportunity. 
A time comes, God said they should leave you to stay in your ways. You ought to be teachers. You ought to be heading a department at your level with the wisdom God has given you, with the abilities you possess. Imagine if you were teaching a group of people. He says, some of you ought to be teachers by now. But even consistency with your spiritual life is a problem. How long? So in this new year, an opportunity has been given to you again. To serve God better. To pray better. To be more committed. An opportunity has been given to you. To give more than you have ever given. To win souls. To disciple people. No more excuses. But consistency and determination. Is what God is asking of you. In this new year. I admonish you as a pastor. By the word of the Lord. That the opportunities we have. We must grab it. Close your eyes.